We are heading to play Dungeons and Dragons. I'm actually lost. <laughs> I just, <laughs> this is totally not the right street to turn on. From New Studio 110 at the Reynolds School of Journalism, this is Niche, a podcast about unique interests. I'm Joey Lovato. And I'm Alec Meyerhoff. Today, we are going to be exploring the world of Dungeons & Dragons. I've been playing Dungeons & Dragons, which is also known as D&D, for a little over a year now, and I really enjoy it. I've actually never played before. I guess all I know about D&D is that it's an old board game that my nerdier friends play, which is basically you and some of your friends, Joey. It's not really a board game, but how about we see what other people know about it? So I've brought one of my classmates in, Sam. Hey. And I just wanted to know uh, what you knew about Dungeons and Dragons. Well, my experience with Dungeons and Dragons has been by watching my boyfriend and his friends play. It's a very long, drawn-out game, and it's very complicated, but in a nutshell, it's basically like an adventure story. So I'm here with one of my friends, Jose. How's it going? It's going well. How are you doing? Doing well. Uh, I just wanted to ask you what you knew about Dungeons and Dragons. Ooh, so I know it gets a really bad reputation for being super nerdy. I, I know it's a board game. People sometimes dress up to play it. People take on characters, and I think you map out quests. From what I know, that's 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 all I know, though. I, I don't know. So I've brought Phil in again. You uh, help with the podcast sometimes. Uh, and I just wanted to know what you knew about Dungeons & Dragons. Yeah, so Dungeons & Dragons, uh, abbreviated as D&D, is a fantasy tabletop role-playing game uh, first published in 1974 by Tactical Studies Rules Incorporated. Are you, uh, is this Wikipedia again? Yeah, it's Wikipedia. Okay, good. So just some preface, every D&D session is a little different and many take on different themes. Since I have never played before, Joey brought me along to one of his sessions to experience it firsthand. You essentially have to decide on, on yeah, a really technique to avoid. Yeah, so you can't be like, I'm going to force meditate. Like like, I play a session themed after Star Wars with a few alternative rules. It's not your traditional D&D session, but we won't get into the technical details about it right now. So how do you feel about it, Alec? You know, I actually really enjoyed it. I was expecting for it to be... I don't know. I was expecting for it to be harder for me just to jump in, um, and like in the middle of your guys' session. But they were all the people were really understanding about the fact that I never played before and wanted to teach me, wanted me to learn. Um, we had a really good time, did some ridiculous things, but overall, I, I I thought I really enjoyed it. Actually, I mean, it's not something that I don't I don't think I would ever seek it out. How long did we we played for? What four hours? Yeah, and just to say a few of the things, um, I actually ended up growing a tongue that was what Joey nine feet long. I think so. Um, and could move on its free will, um, and had magical powers. Yeah, I could fly using the tongue. <laughs> yeah, essentially, yeah, you had a you had a sentient. Just, that's a, what I mean by like the ridiculousness behind it. Um, it was crazy. Uh, I probably have just been like this my whole life. This <laughs> <laughs> just, just since the beginning. Since yeah, pretty much since day one. Uh, I mean, you kind of just start out pretending that you're other things, and then that kind of translates into adulthood, and then you figure out how to mathematically uh, <laughs> do a mathematical equation for how to pretend you're somebody not. Kent Irwin is a 26-year-old writer and musician, and he has been playing D&D since he was a little kid. I started an elf, um, and I thought that he was going to be a really 
badass archer kind of guy, and uh, he just could never hit anything. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like, uh, this is different than my uh, the way I pretend in my backyard. So do you think that that's kind of where it stems from? Every every little kid likes to pretend that there's someone else in their backyard, and then it just kind of morphs into this? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. I just love how um, the sky's the limit and how you can just kind of create anything anything that you want to do. Um, you just kind of come up with that on the spot and see how it goes. Um, and really good DMs do that. Well, they'll just like f- freestyle with you on it, essentially. It kind of like is like a storytelling freestyle or like um, narrative freestyling. Yeah, it really is. the way is. I called it. Um, where it's like you're all sitting around and you're all trying to tell a story together. So you're kind of just like feeding off of each other's thing. To explain the rules and how the game runs a little bit better, I'm going to give an example of how the game plays. I'll be playing the role of the dungeon master. Your caravan walks into a town at noon. There is no one in the town to be seen. What do you do? The players decide what they want to do. The orc says he wants to look around. So I have him roll his 20-sided die. He rolls a 10. You find some cloth on a fence, and you notice that the doors are open. The town seems like it was deserted very quickly. The elf decides to walk further into town. Suddenly, your caravan hears a roar, and a dragon swoops down from the heavens. Everyone then rolls to prepare themselves for battle. This is basically how the game flows. Imagine it being a very involved choose-your-own-adventure game. If that's still too complicated, how about I let one of my favorite shows, Freaks and Geeks, explain it a little better. Uh, so what do I do? First, you have to create a character. Roll your dice and find out what your ability scores are. What are those? Oh, well, that tells you if you're strong or smart or how good you are with a weapon. What are you, some super smart guy? Oh, I don't have a character. I'm the dungeon master. I control the game and act out all the characters you meet along the way. Kenny Bouchard is 20 years old and works for Tesla. He's also the dungeon master for the D&D game that I currently play and the one I brought Alec to. My father kind of got me into it in my early years. He owned uh, Edition 3.5 was the latest he owned, but he never really expanded upon that. In my high school years, I came across a friend of mine named Arthur, he attempted to do a tabletop RPG, a tabletop role-playing game. Um, in essence, it was a Dungeons & Dragons-style game where everything was tabletop and determined by dice and stat sheets. We tried that, and it was a lot of fun. It was, you know, not the actual rule book, so it was hard to get used to, but it was a good introduction for me, and that's where I kind of fell in love with it and the idea of it. Since Kenny started playing D&D, he has played more than 100 sessions, so I asked him what kept him coming back. Uh, it's not so much actually the role-playing games, as I've learned after, you know, I think it's about been four years of playing it consistently. It's the ability to kind of have all of your friends in one room together, doing something together, and just enjoying the time together. And that's what's been the real driving factor. You know, we can play video games for entertainment, for, you know, our solo entertainment and get the visuals that you can't get in the tabletop game. You can get the audio you can't get in a tabletop game. You get the kind of interactiveness you can't always get in a tabletop game. But Dungeons & Dragons, and especially the tabletop RPGs we play, they, they draw me back because it, you know, it almost forces our friends to just kind of sit around a table for six hours just being together and enjoying each other's company and you know, having fun with it and focusing on something we all kind of enjoy. In the early 70s, Gary Gygax, the co-creator of D&D, made a game called Chainmail which is basically Risk set in the Middle Ages, which was heavily influenced by the Napoleonic Wars. Gygax and his fellow gamer, Dave Arneson, then began tweaking the rules to fit a fantasy setting, which may or may not have been influenced by Lord of the Rings. 
As of 2004, D&D was the best-selling role-playing game in the world, with over 20 million people having played the game, and the most recent numbers say they've sold over a billion dollars in book and equipment sales. Currently, it's on the fifth edition of the game, uh, and there's a lot of offshoots, things like Pathfinder and Shadowrun. In 1980, it was also falsely linked to Satanism and suicides. Once again, Kent Irwin. I was an elf guy definitely more as a kid. You know, I think that has to do with just being kind of like a Christian and thinking that you're like the good guy. Okay. You know, and then like orcs are the bad guys. Uh, okay, yeah. They're from they're for the devil, but now I'm more about the devil. <laughs> so <laughs> have I you like... have you have you found a? Uh, did you have a falling out with religion? Definitely, yeah. My family uh, thought it was pretty already satanic, <laughs> like, <laughs> pretty much satanic from the start. There have been many pop culture icons who have famously played Dungeons & Dragons, some of the most notable being Steven Spielberg, James Franco, Robin Williams, and Stephen Colbert. And even famous business people like the founder of Tesla and SpaceX, Elon Musk, the founder of Reddit, Alex Ohanian, author and podcaster Tim Ferriss, um, they've all been really interested and talked about D&D personally. Plus, they've been featured in hit movies and TV shows like E.T., The Simpsons, and The Big Bang Theory. Once again, here's a clip from Freaks and Geeks. Greetings, princess. It is I, Carlos the Dwarf. The dragon has been slain, and you're free to rule your kingdom. Well, congratulations, Daniel. You just finished your first Dungeons & Dragons campaign. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Hey, this is really fun. You guys want to do this tomorrow night? Tabletop RPGs are an attempt to create a sort of freedom that you can't find in your usual forms of entertainment. Movies, video games, even books to some extent. It's an attempt to allow the reader, the viewer, the audience to interact with the story on a level unprecedented in any other type of entertainment where you get to control a character. In order to do that with you know no resources, we're not a video game studio, we're not a you know film company, you have to, in essence, create a universe based all on your imagination. And you have one person at the head of the table who's called the DM or the Dungeon Master. And that person's sole responsibility is to create a universe, a world, for the rest of the players to lose their imaginations in. It At, at its heart is you creating a character to involve yourself in a world that can only be, you know, found through our imagination. Yeah, well, I think something that's interesting about the D&D is, like, you can take liberties with the rules and it's still... To an extent, Dungeons and Dragons. In some senses, yes. Like the Star Wars one, when it started out before I started taking a lot of those liberties with it, it really was just Dungeons and Dragons retextured as Star Wars and yeah. adapted to fit that kind of universe. Because when you're in Dungeons and Dragons, you're dealing with like swords and magic and, you know, bows and arrows. And in this, you're dealing with, you know, lasers and starships and the Force and lightsabers and all that kind of stuff. So it needs to be adapted. It's like you're. Um, all telling a story together. That's always the way I like to say it off yeah. the bat. Because um, that seems to make sense to most people. I mean, if I explain it mathematically, it's like, oh, well, then when you roll your uh, damage dice, then you have to, you know, that's like they're already tuning out. You yeah. know, like people are already tuning out, probably listening to me talk about it right now. What um, Do you have a favorite experience you've had with D&D? Yeah. Um, I had a, an encounter when I was DMing where um, there at the highest point of the mountain, the whole thing was them climbing up this mountain. That was the whole campaign. And the, this kind of step, they were stepping up like just the snowiest, coldest, most punishing part of the mountain. 
and they're just slogging and they're realizing that they're expiring and they're getting more tired and they probably won't make it to the top kind of thing, uh, encounter. And, um, my friend Matt's character has the ability to summon like a giant Eagle. And, um, so there was like a, there, we have another character that's a dwarf or it's a gnome. And so he was kind of getting colder faster than everyone else cause he's smaller. And so, um, my friend Matt's character decided to cut open his eagle, just like pet it to calm it down and then kill it and cut it open to fit um, our friend, oh, uh, God. our friend's gnome character in its belly for warmth. Like in um, Star Wars. Yeah, it's a Star Wars thing. Definitely yeah. like the, the Tauntaun um, kind of deal. Um, so he killed it and did that. And uh, I gave him like an advantage on trying to like become less exhausted and actually get some rest. And he, just naturally failed and just like so he killed this eagle for absolutely nothing at all <laughs> oh, <laughs> it didn't no. even help him like get warmer so it's like i thought that was pretty hilarious like he tried his best and even then it was just nothing and that really lent itself to the feeling of that campaign where it's like everything's hopeless they're not going to make it to the top everyone's getting colder and colder by the minute for that campaign where we were going up the mountain i was kind of going through a very like um I guess kind of existential, I don't really know what's real kind of moment. And so I was trying to instill that in my friends, like trying to like get them to feel sad with me about it. Um, the twist ending, because nobody's going to, obviously nobody cares about a twist if it's a D&D thing. <laughs> the twist ending of this campaign was that they're climbing this mountain to meet this god. And when they got to the top, they realized that the god was dying. You know, he's okay. like about to be dead. And they basically like were there for his last moments as he kind of died. So it was like, that was me going through this moment of, like I was saying, with faith or just with kind of general like feelings of like, I don't know what to believe. Uncertainty. For uncertainty, definitely. Or like the old standard of what is right is always changing. And So that's al- that's almost like directly related to like your loss in faith is watch like having this yeah. D&D campaign. Yeah. Find out God's dying. <laughs> Although oddly enough, I mean, I didn't conceive of this God, this fictional God, Umos, is like the God that I always believed in, mm-hmm. like dying off, because I, I never really saw that as being the case. It's just kind of more of a metaphor for like your old code and the old yeah. things that you believed in kind of dying off, okay. I guess. Do you, guys, do you guys like obsess over things out, uh, that happen in D&D outside of D&D? That's my favorite thing is to like, <laughs> talk about it afterwards, like the post game. I mean, yeah. that's like what sports people are about, oh, yeah. right? Like, just being like, yeah, you sure got the ball in the hole. <laughs> you know, like I'm just like the same way. Do you, do you think that everybody should try D&D at some point? Or? Yeah, definitely. Um, or, you know, I honestly, I don't think that everything has to be Dungeons and Dragons specifically. Yeah. I think a role-playing game of some kind. We'd like to thank you all for listening to this episode of Niche and for exploring the world of Dungeons & Dragons with us. To anyone who hasn't played the game before, you should really try it out, especially if you know someone who plays because it's so much more fun with friends. We hope you'll subscribe so with our help you can learn more about the many niches of society. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at NichePod or go to our website NichePod.com where we post all sorts of good stuff like behind the scenes updates on our next episodes. Niche is myself, Joey Lovato, and Alec Meyerhoff. We produced this episode along with editorial help from David Calvert. I would like to thank Nick, Forrest, Chase, Austin, and Kiba for letting me join in on their Star Wars session. You guys were great. We would also like to thank our interviewees, Kent Irwin and Kenny Bouchard, plus those who appeared at the beginning, Sam Johnson, Jose Oliveres, and the one and only Phil Corbett, who also helps out a lot. You should check out his podcast, Van Sounds, where he tells stories from his travels all around the world. 
The music in today's episode, in order, was First Day by Huma Huma, How It Began by Silent Partner, and New Border by People With Bodies. We sit around and crack jokes and eat junk food all night while we're fighting dragons and saving princesses and stuff. It's pretty fun. And the best part is, you get to pretend to be somebody you can't be in real life. <laughs>